Hello again, Pastor Deborah here, and welcome to another Word of Encouragement video for you right out of my living room. Yeah, I'm using Zoom and recording and a wonderful, wonderful motion video by Pixabay. As you know, I think, I don't use a green screen. Too cumbersome for my little space. Too So easy to just sit down in Zoom and record. But what happens is you'll see strange things happen. See back there? That's my bookcases. And my arm might just disappear into the video. And my background will come through. And I'm probably not very clear in picture because I don't have a green screen. But it's so much more convenient. This is my second recording today. Then I have to do editing. I'm trying to record every day. When the house is quiet, the neighborhood is quiet. Because we got a busy neighborhood. Lots of dump trucks and garbage trucks. Cars and motorcycles. Sometimes husband is here working. Dog is barking. And then sometimes it's thundering and lightning, so I don't get to record. So this is my second one today, this morning. And I'm trying to work through the year 2022. I'm up to number 40 of 52 for the year 2022. That's this one. When I finish the year 2022, I'll begin the year 2023. I believe you deserve a word of encouragement, at least from Pastor Deborah once a week. Now, I put other videos out that are teaching, and these words of encouragement are always teaching videos. I am a teacher to help you. Now, there's many, many other wonderful, wonderful words of encouragement, posts, pictures, movies out there. So you take advantage of all the words of encouragement. Because, boy, times get bad, get rough, they're nasty, they're horrible, we get sick, and maybe we're even dying. And we need words of encouragement to have peace. Sometimes we need help just to pass on into eternity. Other times we need strength from our words of encouragement. Because we don't have any left. We've been battling sickness and disease within us. Doctors and surgery and hospitals and pain. Sometimes we're just still living in past memories of trauma and abuse. And we're not peaceful. So in this word of encouragement, number 40, the title is, Who Does Salvation Belong To? Yeah, we're going to ask that question and we're going to explore it just a little bit. All right, but before we do, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all those that you have drawn here today in the garden. Hello again. Excuse me, but I just had to go eat lunch and fix my husband some lunch because he has some work to do outside in the neighborhood. So I'm back. I think we were just getting started with this word of encouragement to you. Number 40 of the year 2022. I told you I'm working through having at least a word of encouragement video each week for you. So this is number 40 of 52. 
This is a motion video by Pixabay, and it's going to help us to understand what this word of encouragement is about. So I can't remember exactly what I was talking about a few minutes ago. So I'm going to sort of pick up, and if it's redundant, please forgive me. But let's have a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, please help us as we work through your words from King David to help us to understand who does salvation belong to? What is salvation? And why is this so important to humanity? Father, we thank you for all that you have brought here in the garden to listen and who will be watching this all over the world for years and years to come here on YouTube. We thank you, Father, that your words are eternal and that even long after I am gone, Pastor Deborah, these words will be there. This video will be there. We want to thank YouTube. We want to thank Zoom and Pixabay, for they too need to be a part of your everlasting covenant and your blessings to humanity. So, Father, help us as we explore another part of your word to us about you and yourself and ourselves. So, Father, be with us through your Holy Spirit as you teach us, as you help us to spiritually perceive and understand and see your hidden spiritual meanings behind your written words from out of Psalms written by the wonderful second king of the king of Israel, King David. Thank you, Lord, and we appreciate you being here, helping us, because we can't do any of this without you. This is your work, your words, and it is your truth and meaning we are looking for to help us. In the name of Christ Jesus, your son, your word that was made flesh, came to visit us for 33 years and went to a cross to pay our debt, to be the sacrifice to sin that the law required so that we could be in him and we could be reconciled through salvation back to you. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. All right, so the title of this word of encouragement is Who Does Salvation Belong To? It has to belong to somebody. Somebody had to think about it, create it, lay out its design, and then proceed to have it come to pass. Have you ever thought about it? This, are you saved by your God that you serve? What does it even mean to be saved? King David is going to help us to understand we're going to read about this in Psalms 3, verse 8. And this was King David speaking to us about his God, his Lord, and his King. Verse 8, salvation belongs unto the Lord. Your blessings is upon your people. Now, that's interesting. He says, his Lord. Well, who was King David's Lord? The God he met out in the fields when he was a young boy. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of Moses. 
the God of the Holy Bible. That is who God, King David's God, was and is still today. And he is saying salvation, which means your work of salvaging, redeeming back to yourself that which you desired. Oh, we don't come back to God the way we are. We're a mess. <clears throat> We're creatures of an image and a likeness of another father. His name is Satan, which means the adversary of God. He was full of pride. Everything he thought was twisted and perverted. He was jealous and angry of this God who gave him everything, his glory, his light, his wisdom, and his truth. But he didn't like having to pass it on and then pass on the glory and the thanksgiving to his creator. He kind of wanted to keep some for himself because he thought he was the glory. And if you look at this video from Pixabay, God's in the center of us, shining out. We are creatures of light, full of knowledge and truth. That was Satan, who used to be called Lucifer, the son, that means the offspring of the morning. That means the first age. He was never the son of God. It was not, he was only a high-ranking servant of this God. And he was going to have to serve you. He was going to have to bow down to you, oh, little one. And he didn't want to. He thought he was better than you. But you were created in this creature named Adam to be a son, the offspring of God himself, made in his image made in his likeness, having all authority and dominion here on earth from him. So Satan didn't like that. And once he got out of the presence of God for his pride, his adultery and thievery of desiring to be God and hold and control the kingdom of heaven, Satan went to work to get us, humanity, that creature that was inside the dirt, out of the presence of God himself. Because Lucifer also was given the keys to hell, death, and the grave. He knew about them. And his job was to protect the very presence of God from any sin, any kind of disease or illnesses or traitors. And he took that with him. When he fell, got cast down to the earth. So he says, I'm going to get that creature that's inside that dirt called man, not a gender of a male, but that species who's supposed to be the son of God. I'm going to get them out of the presence of God like I am. All I got to get them to do is disobey the one commandment they've been given. Don't eat from the tree right there in the center of the garden of the knowledge of good and evil. Because Satan heard that command and said, man. Adam, if you eat of that, you will surely die in that day. So Satan set about to kill us through our own free will to choose to disobey. 
he worked through a earthly serpent. They say it had feet in its creation. And it talked to the helpmate, something called the wombed man, that which was called and created and decreed by Adam to just be flesh and bone helpmate. So Satan talked to it and started the lust of the eyes of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life to be come to come to life. That's right. It was in the flesh. It was not in the spirit yet. But Satan was working from the outside in to the spirit. The spirit had the Holy Spirit, the very breath of life itself in it. So he worked through the helpmate, the woman. That's one reason why many men do not like women. They believe that she, this gender, female, caused them to fall and caused the situation. And she did. But she was ignorant. She was not filled with the Holy Spirit. She was a helpmate. And sort of the master listened to the helpmate. So then Adam took of the apple, the fruit, from his helpmate and took a bite. When that happened, the Holy Spirit left. They were now in sin, disobedience. Darkness fell. The spirit fell into the soul. The soul took it in and said, I've got you now. You're going to follow me. I'm the head. You're the tail. You don't have the Holy Spirit anymore. So they all went looking for a new father, a new image and likeness. And there Satan was to pick them right up and make them his kids. Mm -hmm. That's right. Then what happened was God found out. Of course, he knew it was going to happen. And he asked the serpent, what have you done? Okay, he says, hey, I'm going to put some issues between you and that woman. Her seed, that means her children, her babies to come. They're going to stomp on your head, buddy. That means your authority. Oh, it's you're going to bite its heel. You're going to take a bite out of it. You're going to hurt it. But you ain't going to kill it. And then as part of the punishment, this woman was told, you're going to have a desire for your husband, but he's going to lord over you. He's going to be your master. So right there, you can see patriarchal. You can see men ruling the woman. And you would hear them say, well, that's what God declared it. And he did. And it does mean that at one level, but at the spiritual level, it also meant that bad things were going to happen. So let's get back to the scripture. Who does salvation belong to? We had a mess and something had to be salvaged, redeemed, and we got in a horrible condition. Now, we were ignorant, so we could be saved. That thing called Satan and his demons, they knew the truth. There was no salvation for them. So who does salvation belong to? Psalms 3.8 says, salvation belongs unto the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. So if you are not the people of God in the family, there's no blessing on you. Not his blessing of salvation. That takes us over to Jeremiah 3. 23. 
Truly, in vain, Jeremiah the prophet, the Old Testament of the city of Jerusalem, who heard God's voice, God came through him. He was a powerful vessel and instrument that God used to speak to his people. He was trying to get them to a place where they would be trees of righteousness. All of society, all humans could come to them and could learn about him through them. But that didn't work out very well either. They turned from him through the religious leaders. Because when this Jesus came, he said, I'm the king of all of you. I'm the king of heaven. And he started doing miracles, speaking differently against traditions and cultures. And the religious leaders did not like it. They felt threatened. And I see that all the time now out on LinkedIn and social media. If you come against a pastor who's in religion, they will feel offended. And you shouldn't be talking the way you are. And what right do you have to say that you're a female? What right do you have to say that? What's your proof of what you're saying? I have, I have to stay away from them. Mm -hmm. They're in religion. They don't like this God. They don't like anything that he would do that's outside of their culture, their tradition. Show up in meetings and take over. Uh -uh, that ain't going to happen. Heal people that the doctor said could never be healed. Save the worst of the worst. Change people's lives. And then they don't even go to church and they don't pay tithes. They don't like that. So what happened was Jeremiah was trying to reach his people. So he's prophesying to them saying, truly in vain. I mean, with no success is salvation hoped for, sought from the hills, the places where you go and worship and sacrifice. If you go off to a temple or to a wall, to a box with things in it, mountain caves, you go to pray anywhere, he says, uh-uh, ain't going to happen. It's all in vain. It's not going to work for God of King David. He says, you're hoping for it. You're seeking after it when you go to prayer five, six times a day, or you do pilgrimages, or you do ritual fasting and prayer. He says, you just go into the hills. You just bound before rocks and statues. You're praying to your ancestors. You're praying to the multitudes of the mountains or even to the stars or to some kind of energy. Yeah, he said, that's all in vain. That is not going to get you salvation. You make pilgrimages to high places and try to wash your sins away in rivers and lakes. Maybe you try to donate and give money to colleges or Christian or Islamic organizations so you will get saved. You might even make the sign of the cross. Go to church weekly. That ain't going to help you. Not when you face off with him. You go to high towers. Maybe become a politician. You work in your capital. Mm -hmm. And you think you're serving God. Not going to work. Some people goes, go to flags. Altars of stone. 
history, traditions, secret places, caves. And that means also in the spirit realm. Your spirit, you could be asleep at home in your bed and your spirit's gone to a meeting, a satanic meeting, a witch meeting. Maybe you go on vacations to certain sacred places here on the earth. And Jeremiah said, truly, in these things, the Lord God is not there. And you're seeking in vain his salvation. For his salvation comes from himself, the prince of the kingdom of heaven, through his son, Christ Jesus. So who owns salvation? Satan? Your country's flag? Why do you take an oath to your country like that? If you're a believer in King David's, you're only to take an oath to him, not to any other nation or government. And yet they put their hand on the Bible. Not going to work. You serve your political party and all of its platforms, or you serve yourself, and you lie, cheat, steal, spy, you want to get paid for your knowledge, not that's not salvation. Just because you take Holy Communion and you go on a fast for 30 days trying to get God to talk to you, not going to happen. You don't work with the flesh. You don't work in deceit and lies and spells and fear, control of people. He's a free choice God. You have freedom to choose. Now, you don't have to choose him. Mm -hmm. He ain't in most of the stuff that you're doing. He's not in your governments. He's not in your politicians. He's not in your organizations. Mm -mm. He's a different kind of God. He is the God, the owner, the Lord, the creator of his spiritual salvation for your spirit. That part of you that's going to live on after death, that part of you that leaves your body when you're frightened and you disassociate, that part of you that has near-death experiences, that part of you that's in connection to your ancestors, forces, demons, those devils. Yeah. But you seek to get strength from or to curse other people. Or to get, maybe you pray to by kissing their foot. So you'll win the lottery or at casinos. He's not in any of that. That is not him. So do you know this truth about him and who owns salvation? And what is salvation? When you get saved, redeemed, born again, this is what you look like spiritually. And you are filled with him inside of you. He doesn't look like what you think. He can take on any form that he needs. So you will believe. Now, he uses the earth, nature, animals, everything to help us. He uses science, fiction movies, cartoons, games, video games, history, documentaries, mm -hmm, movies, songs. I put up a lot of songs that talk about him. Yeah. I can see and hear him in roses. I can see him 
talking to me through nature. If you're spiritually listening and looking, he's everywhere. He's not hiding from you. His salvation is not in the darkness. You're in the darkness. He's trying to reach you, to bring you out. So you will look like this spiritually for all eternity. And you will be part of his kingdom. And you will reflect him, his image and likeness. No longer Satan's image and likeness. No longer part of Satan's family. Yeah. So you ask yourself this question. Who does salvation belong to? If you hear a lot of people, they're just born into a religion. They're not saved. They're not. Con you hear about conversion at, with a sword at your throat. Or if you don't get converted, just pay us money. Is that salvation? Can your soul, that mental part of you, can that be saved? It has to die and be reborn also. It has to be renewed and transformed to be a helpmate to this through the physical body. Can the physical body be salvaged? It's going to get a new body. This dirt is part of this earth, and it's cursed. And it will die one day. And I'll get a new body for a new earth. And we're going to start all over. But no demons, no devils, no sin. Are you going to be a part of that new life, new world? can only do it if you get saved with this God of King David. Mm -hmm. It's going to be totally different. It's not going to be like this. You're learning that when you're here in the garden. Flowers are singing. Animals are talking. It's beautiful. The presence of God is here. And everybody looks like this. Yeah. Is it a flame? Yeah. Is it a light? Yeah. Is it a wispy? Glorious life. Yes. Does it change? Yes. So ask yourself, who does salvation belong to? And do you have that salvation for yourself? If you don't, it's right here. The God of King David, the God of Pastor Deborah, the God of the King James Bible, the God of Moses, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They, he is here to bring you his eternal salvation. Redeem you back to himself as a child. To come home to the family. To reconcile. Oh, you won't come back the way you are. You might be a victim of sexual abuse, trauma. That person in your soul dies. Your spirit is freed through a Hebrews 4.12. You're birthed out of the darkness of the womb of the soul. And you're set free. And as you come forth, you come in the newness of life. A new creature, spiritually, that's never, ever been created before. You see all those little lights coming up? That is people being born again, salvaged. Salvation is applied to their life at their spirit level, their soul level, and their physical body. It takes time. Pastor Deborah's soul that used to be called Jan had to die. The story is in its time on the website. It'll soon be in video form for you. And then my physical body will give way, but I'll get a new one. I'm coming back to a new earth. Yeah.
But first we start on the inside. Religion starts on the outside. You have to do this. You have to wash your hands. You have to do this. You have to do it. Your soul has to do this. You got to make prayer. Uh-uh. This God is looking for your spirit to worship him in spirit and in truth. And you cannot do that in your current shape. You are a mess. You're a creature of the night, creature of Satan, of evil, wicked, perversion. You're a creature of darkness and sin. Only this creature can truly worship this God, the owner and the Lord of salvation. When you become a new creature in Christ, in the word of God, in belief, of the sacrifice of the lamb for you. So do you want to become a new creature and to come to know this God whose salvation belongs to? Then let's make it happen. Father, be about your work. Fulfill Isaiah 61 and 62. Bring forth children into your kingdom, your family. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Redeem them, bring them salvation, and save them from the lake of fire, the second death. Bring them forth as beautiful, radiant children of your image and after your likeness, filled with your glory of the Holy Spirit. And Father, this is your work. Only you can do it. Help them to see they need. To know you, the very God of salvation himself, the Lord, the creator of new creatures and life. Father, be about your work in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay, I'll see you next week. And it should be words of encouragement number 41. Remember, we're trying to get through the year of 2022 with 52. Then I'll start recording the year 2023. It's already close to it, even though we're not there yet, but we will be. So I'll see you again next week here on the words of encouragement out of my Zoom studio with a motion video by Pixabay, right from my living room physically, but in the Garden of Eden spiritually with the presence of God who owns created salvation for you. Love, Pastor Deborah. Bye-bye.